I'm reading from Luke chapter 2 and beginning with verse number 8. The word of the Lord says this, There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory, hallelujah, everybody say the glory. The glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Praising God. And I think we just heard him a moment ago, didn't we just? I think that's what we just heard. Amen. A multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, and I want you to notice this, glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And I want to speak to you for a few moments on this subject, the highest glory. The highest glory. Glory to God in the highest. The highest glory. Praise God. Could we lift up our voices and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word today. God, thank you for being with us in this house. For filling this place to full with your great presence. For Lord, we feel the touch of your spirit. We feel the blessing of your name. And I pray, oh God, that as the word of God is preached, that you will... Take it to where it needs to go and minister it to the lives of all who hear it. I pray, O Lord, that you will let there be a special anointing upon the preaching of the word. Lord, that there be no obstacle, that there be no hindrance, that there be a free flow of truth and love. O God, we pray, set at liberty them that are bruised, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I mentioned New Year's Eve. I should probably also mention that on Christmas Day, uh, these doors will be open and we'll be having a service here at 1 o'clock on Christmas Day. It is the day of the Lord's, the the celebration. We we don't know the exact day, but, but it is a day where the whole world stops and reminds themselves that the Lord came into this world. And we have no misgivings about Uh, the day of December 25th, but you know what? If people are going to stop and look to him, we're going to cheer him on. Let's talk about Jesus for a little while. Amen. So on on December 25th at 1 o'clock, there will be a a service here, and uh, of course, we'll be online as well. We know that's a very uh, important day and one of uh, a family celebration as well, and so we'll be having a good time in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Now, we're looking at what some would call the Christmas story in this second chapter of the gospel according to Luke. And one of the very famous scenes, if you please, of this great biblical account is the the scene we just read about. Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. This Even that statement is is somewhat familiar to us because it's in our songs, it's in the narration of plays and musicals, and, and it's just a very important part of the story. There were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night, and then, of course, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared unto them. And we rightly note, as I did a moment ago in the 13th verse, Uh, we see the heavenly host appear with the angel. Uh, But sometimes we don't make the distinction between the fact that there was the angel and then later there was the heavenly host. And I want to make that distinction today. Uh, That's, I think, an important distinction because uh, when it was just the shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, kind of going about their business, there was the angel of the Lord that appeared to them and, and began to speak to them. And what he said to them was very significant. First of all, a great light began to shine round about them. And that was their indicator that something's going on. 
They were sore afraid. And you might think yourself to be very spiritual, but I have a, I have a feeling that if you were all alone out in the field in the middle of the night with nobody but some sheep, you might be a little sore afraid as well. If a great light began to shine around you and they knew something's, something's going on that is out of the ordinary and the great light gave way to the angel of the Lord speaking to them. And the angel said to them this. He said, fear not. And, and angels, when they would appear in the scriptures, would often have to say that. Fear not. They would put to rest the fear that people had when they had this very unique encounter. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Man, I love this message so far. This is a really good message. Good tidings, great joy, all people. For unto you, I love that, unto you, unto you, this day. You don't have to wait another day. We're not talking about something that might happen 100 years from now. We're talking about right now. We're talking about this day. Unto you, this day, in the city of David, a Savior. Oh, my goodness. Now, we could spend the rest of the day just trying to unpack the power of that word and the power of what that means, a Savior which is Messiah Jehovah, Messiah Jehovah, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly. It was at this point that the whole multitude of the heavenly host appeared before them. Before they knew who Messiah was, they had an encounter with an angel. But once they knew who Messiah was, it opened their eyes to the multitude of the heavenly host. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, and this is what they were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, this is one of the reasons why we preach Jesus as often as possible, as much as possible. And you, you've heard me say this, but for those who haven't, I'll say it again. And for those who have, I'll say it again. Uh, we, I've heard somebody say one time, they said, apostolic Pentecostal preachers, they just, they're so narrow. They don't have... They don't have a lot they can preach about. They only have a few topics because of their narrow theology. And they, they really only have a handful of topics that they can preach about. Maybe six or seven different topics. And I took exception to that. I took great exception to that. I thought, that's not very kind. That's not fair to say of us that we have six or seven topics that we can preach about. We only have one topic we can preach about. We don't have a handful of nothing. We've got one topic, and his name is Jesus. And if we're preaching about worship, we'd better be preaching about Jesus. And if we're preaching about holiness, we'd better be preaching about Jesus. And if we're preaching about giving, we'd better be preaching about Jesus. Everything we preach is based on, is founded by, is surrounding and centered on the message and the person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is our only truth. This is our only message. He is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's not just the king or as Brother Shock said, a king. He is the king of all kings. He's not just a lord. He is the lord of all lords. Hallelujah. He is the great I am. He is the altogether lovely. He is the all in all. He is the good shepherd and the lamb for sinners slain. He is the door to the sheepfold and the scapegoat. He is the root and the branch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the Lord of David and the son of David. Yes, he is. He is the one true and living God. And you know what? While I'm at it, I'll go ahead and go a little further. He's the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. 
Yes, he is. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He is Lord of all. Bless his holy name. Bless that wonderful name. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. His name is Jesus. Oh, praise God. And we give him all glory and honor. And, and this, was a, this, was an, this is an important thing to know that, that, that we must preach him and teach him and live him and sing him and, and invoke him so that people can come to an understanding of him. Because until they come to an understanding of him, they're going to have a very limited connection to the glory. And it'll, it'll be like these shepherds where they had one angel out in the middle of the field. But man, when you start knowing who he is, and you start understanding the truth of where to find him, and you start having direction as to where to go and how to get there, hallelujah, and all the signs involved with knowing this is him, all of a sudden, the whole heavens open up to you and you begin to hear things you otherwise would not have heard and you'll begin to know things you otherwise would not have known. And this is what happened for the shepherds when they learned that this day the Savior is born and he's unto you and he is Christ the Lord and he's a babe. The sign will be to you that he is a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and once they had an understanding of his identity, the whole multitude of the heavenly host appeared before them and they heard these words, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And I, wanted, I, I do want to also point out that the Bible says the angels were saying this. It does not say they were singing this. They were saying this. And that is an important thing to note because the, the song uh, is not referenced in the heavens uh, after Lucifer is cast out. But, but when we return, glory to God, oh, nobody can sing it like the redeemed can sing it. We have a song that the angels cannot sing. A song that they cannot sing because they've never been washed in the blood. They've never been redeemed by the love of God. And so we've got a song that is special to God. You know, as I heard us singing a moment ago, hallelujah, salvation and glory. Hallelujah. I thought, oh, how pleased God is right now to see all these people in this house lifting up their voice in praise unto his name. Don't ever underestimate the power of praising the Lord. God knows all the stuff you're going through right now. God knows all the junk you're dealing with right now. God sees every valley and every mountain peak. And here you walk into his presence with people of like precious faith, uh, lifting up holy hands without wrath, no doubting present, just magnifying the Lord together, exalting his name in the beauty of holiness. I'm going to tell you, God is at attention when his people praise his name. They heard them saying glory to God in the highest. And this is, an, this is an amazing concept, the glory of God. And the reason we know this is an amazing concept is it's because we take a moment and try to know what we can know about God and there are some key things to know about God. One is that he is invisible. That's an important part of God's character, that he is invisible. And, and he's different than any other uh, God, I'll say, lowercase g-o-d, that any person or community or, or uh, nation has ever tried to conjure up. There is nobody like unto the Lord our God. Amen. He is invisible. And this is an important part. And he wanted his people to understand that about him. You're, you're, not, going to, you're not going to walk by sight. You're going to walk by faith. Hallelujah. And, and he, he's so invisible that he didn't want people to try to even make an image of him. So he literally commanded the people, do not make a graven image 
and try to create a likeness of me because I am invisible. And if man starts putting his creativity to the idea of God and try to craft some kind of an idol, he can give the idol ears, but the idol will have ears that do not hear. And he can give the idol eyes, but the idol will have eyes that do not see. He can give the idol a mouth, but the idol will have a mouth that cannot speak. And so the Lord said, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. I don't want you trying to engrave some kind of an image and then, and then uh, posing that as God. It's got the fingerprint of man all over it. And you know, I just, I just want to say something here. Uh, we, we talk about the, the heavens and, and the greatness of God's creation. Sometimes we'll talk about how God is the greatest artist. And I just, I take a little exception to that. Because that word art, that word art is the root word of, of artificial. And, and, and that's really, art is what man does. Art is not what God does. Man does art. God, God does the real thing. God creates the canvas and then puts on the canvas the most beautiful, magnificent. It, I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what He used to create the sun. I don't know what He used to create the moon and the stars. But, but God is the greatest giver of life, and His Spirit moves, and His Word goes forth, and there is light, and there is life, and there is wonder, and it's all connected back to the power of Almighty God. He is invisible, and here's another thing you need to know about God. He is self-existent. Nobody creates him. Nobody goes to a, a room and, and, and puts thoughts together and has a brainstorming session and say, now if we're going to have a God, what kind of a God do we want? Because we don't want a God that's got this problem and that problem, and, and they come out of this room with a good God to show everybody. That's not how God exists. God is self-existent. He is before all things. He is above all things. Mm. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in us all. And so he's not like, he's not like any any of the mythological deities you've heard about. And this was something that he was very, very emphatic about to Israel. He said, Israel, it's going to be a walk of faith because you're not going to see me, but you're going to know me. And I want you to teach your children diligently that I am the Lord, that I am your God, and that I am one. And I'm not like these pantheons of gods that these other nations have created where I need a water god to oversee the water category. And I need a, a star god to oversee the star category. And, and we call it Mars and Jupiter and Saturn, but that's not, what, that's not what their real names are. We don't even know what their real names are. God created them. God decides what their names are. Those are named after the little G-O-Ds that man has created. And God said, I want you to tell Israel hear oh Israel my goodness hear right right there stop right there hear open up your ears open up your mind tune out this carnal fallen world shut down all of the lectures and the conjecture that you've heard about him hear and then I love this powerful one letter word oh Ah, it's just one letter, but it's a powerful word. Oh, you can hear the urgency in the voice of God. Hear, oh, Israel, you who have prevailed with God and man, you who are the blessed heritage of the Lord, you who are the children, both natural and spiritual, of Abraham, you, Israel, hear, oh, Israel, the Lord. The self-existent one, our God, is one Lord. If you don't know anything else about him, you better know he is one. There's nobody beside him. There's nobody above him. He is superior to anything else. My God, have mercy. Hallelujah. He is one. He is invisible. He is self-existent. 
And because he is invisible, there are moments where he will allow his presence and his nature to be seen. And this is called his glory. It is when the invisible is made visible. Hallelujah. And he does not share his glory with another. And no flesh will glory in his presence. And this is why he trusts only himself with his glory. Because once we put our fingers on it, and once we put our opinion on it, and once we put all that we do and don't like about him on it, and we start shaving here and carving there and engraving here, we've messed up what is the true essence and nature of God. So he will not share his glory with another, but he will put his glory on display. And the invisible will be made visible. Even if for a moment God put his glory in the creation. This is why the scripture says that the heavens declare the glory of God. It never ceases to amaze me when I take off in an airplane and it can be, it can be uh, overcast, it can be gray, it can be drizzling, it can, it can be just a sad kind of a, a down day until you rise through those clouds. And you might bump around a little bit getting through them, but when you get through to the other side of the clouds, there it is in all its glory. Not its glory, but the glory of the God. God who created it. That sun is illuminating the sky above the clouds. This is why you don't ever need to let the overcast clouds of life get you down. Because if you praise your way through the clouds, there is a beautiful sunlight of his presence. There is a beautiful ray of sunshine of his glory that you can feel and see and the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork and day unto day is uttering speech and night unto night is showing knowledge. Every time the stars twinkle, they are demonstrating the glory of God. And this is what Paul said of the stars. Paul said that the glory of one star differs from the glory of another star. Every single star uniquely represents the glory of Almighty God. He said the sun reflects the glory of God in a unique way. But it's different than the way the moon reflects the glory of God. The sun reflects his glory in this way and the moon reflects his glory in that way. And each star, they are innumerable. We have no way of knowing how many there are. It doesn't matter what telescope Hubble can manufacture. They cannot find the end to all the stars that God God has created. I will not stand here and pretend like I know why God created all those stars, but I know he does all things well and each star has a particular glory and a particular way of demonstrating the power and the omnipotence and the omniscience and the omnibenevolence and the omnipresence of almighty God. We do not worship the stars. We don't study the stars looking for them to guide us. We worship the creator of the stars. We don't worship the sun, the moon, the grass, the water, the sea. We don't worship any animal or creature or man or woman. We worship the one true living God who created all things. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all things that dwell therein. Oh, he's a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Heaven and earth adore him. Angels bow before him. What a mighty God we serve. Even the trees lift their branches. Even the waves roar their affirmation and their praise. Hallelujah to God. Everything he created is in constant praise of his name. Hallelujah. 
and then its own way is describing his glory. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And, and, and not just those, those uh, inanimate matters that, that were created, but, but even, even man and woman are uniquely designed to reflect the glory of God. This is why the enemy wants to blend the genders. So he can prevent each male and female from uniquely demonstrating the glory of God. Oh, he would love to confuse a whole generation of people as to whether there's a distinction between a male and a female. Oh, but there is a distinction because they were made in the image of God and males reflect his glory in a way that a female does not and a female reflects his glory in a way that males do not and each is so holy and so pure and so separate unto God. Hallelujah. And it is a beautiful thing Thing in the eyes of God and it makes for strong nations and strong communities and strong families it is the glory of the Lord God will allow his glory to be manifest so that the invisible can be made visible even if for a moment. They asked Jesus when they were walking down the way and the blind man was, was seeking uh, for help and, and the disciples said, why is this man blind from his mother's womb? And Jesus, they said, is it because of his sin? And they said, is it because of his parents' sin? And Jesus said, neither for his sin nor his parents' sin. But he has this condition for this moment. Because my glory is about to be manifest in him. God will allow the visible so that it can reveal the invisible. This is why we understand that the things that are invisible are clearly seen by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. The children of Israel were struggling with trying to understand how do we serve an invisible God? How do we serve a self-existent God? How do we walk with an invisible God? And so the Bible says that the Lord appeared unto them as a pillar of cloud by day and as a pillar of fire by night. And that pillar of cloud that walked with them by day was his glory. It was the invisible made visible. And that pillar of fire that walked with them by night was his glory. It was the invisible made visible. And that fire was something Moses was used to because he saw it in a burning bush that was burning but not being consumed. That was his glory. It was the invisible made visible. When they came to the Red Sea and a strong east wind came and it pushed the waters of the Red Sea apart, and created a dry ground upon which they could walk. It was his glory. It was the invisible made visible. When manna fell from heaven, the Bible says it was the glory of the Lord. It was the invisible made visible. Hallelujah. When they would bring that sacrifice to the tabernacle and offer it and sprinkle the blood upon the furniture of that tabernacle until they came to the holiest of all places and enter into the holiest of all places. It wasn't just anybody that could go there. There was one man and that was the high priest and that high priest typified Jesus Christ. He had to go through such ritualistic cleansing it was a terrifying thing to go into the presence of the Lord. If he missed one little component of the cleansing ceremony, he could lose his life standing in the presence of God. But when he got inside of that holiest of all places on the day of atonement, the Bible says that the fire would fall. Hallelujah, that fire would come down from heaven. And all of Israel could see the fire fall. It was this knowledge that Elijah had when he told the prophets of Baal that we're going to go to Mount Carmel at the time of the evening sacrifice and we're going to build an altar there unto the Lord. And then he waited and he waited. He didn't wait because of any other reason than this. There was a 
time appointed where the fire was going to fall. He knew it was going to fall. It was in their history that the glory of God would come at a certain time. Hallelujah. And they would see it was the invisible made visible. All throughout the scriptures, whether it was a wall of Jericho falling down flat or whether it was Daniel having the angel of the Lord appear and shut the mouths of the lion or a fourth man in the fire walking with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whether it was a hand appearing on a wall writing meeny, meeny, tikel, you farson, regardless of what it was, whether it was Gideon with 300 soldiers and and. And, and the lamp began to shine forth and it was the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. Before Joshua went to Jericho, he was met by the captain of the Lord's host and he was sore afraid and he fell down and said, are you with us or are you with them? And the angel said, I'm not with you or them. I am the captain of the Lord's host. The question isn't whose side am I on? The question is whose side are you on? Are you on the Lord's side? Joshua was seeing the invisible made visible. When Elisha walked out onto his doorstep and saw all of the Syrian army surrounding the house and his servant was scared at this prospect, Elisha looked at him quizzically like, why are you so afraid? And then he realized, oh, you don't see the heavenly host. You only see one angel. You don't see the whole heavenly host. So he said, Lord, open my servant's eyes that he can see what I see. And when the eyes of Gehazi were open, he saw all of the angels of the Lord filling the mountainside with chariots of fire. It was the glory of God. It was the invisible made visible. But all of this was pointing to one day. Hallelujah. And, and this one day was going to be the glory of the Lord our God on full display. And it was going to be the highest form of his glory. All of these other glories had their role, had their place, had a message to dispense and to distribute. But there is one glory that exceeds all of them. It is when all of this glory is fulfilled hallelujah all of it reaches its culmination and it happened on the day that Jesus was born there were shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and the angel of the Lord appeared to them and said fear not do not be afraid Unto you this day in the city of David is a Savior born, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. When they knew that this one who had come was Messiah Jehovah, the heavens opened up and they saw things they'd never seen before. They had revelation they had never had before. They had understanding and knowledge that they never knew before. And the heavenly host began to say together in one acclaim, glory to God in the highest. I know, you're, I know you've seen the glory of the sun, but you've never seen a higher glory than you're about to see. I know you've seen the glory of the cloud by day, but you've never seen a glory higher than the one you're about to see. I know you've seen the glory of the pillar of fire by night and the glory of the moon and the glory of the twinkle, twinkle little star. I know you've seen the glory, hallelujah, but you've never seen the glory like you're about to see this is the highest glory hallelujah let me tell you what God's highest glory is his highest glory is not when he created the sun the moon and the stars his highest glory is not when he put the waters in their respective places and gave them bounds for their habitation no his highest glory hallelujah is when God Elohim El Shaddai Jehovah Jireh, Mekadesh, Sidkanu, Shema Shalom. God, the one true living God who has all power in heaven and in earth. His highest glory is when that God became a man. 
When he didn't have to do it, but he did it. When he didn't have to care, but he cared. When he didn't have to love, but he loved. He became a man like me, Brother Shelley. He became a man like me. He became a man like you. He became a human being. And he did it because you and I were in the mess of sin and death. We were in the bondage of sin and addiction and brokenness and sinfulness and carnality and evil and wickedness and depravity and perversion and loneliness and depression and disease. That's where we were. We were in a hell already. We were broken and undone. We were without hope. We had no way of finding any salvation for ourselves. But God, who is rich in mercy, God, who has all power, God. He said, I will become a man and I will deliver you from the thing you can't deliver yourself from. I'll break the chains you can't break. I'll heal the sickness you can't heal. Hallelujah. I'll give you joy you can't find. I'm going to tell you what. This is why he is a jealous God. He's not jealous because he's envious. Somebody said, why would he be jealous if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Why would he be jealous if he has all the power of the world in his hands? Oh, you misunderstand. He's not envious as though he needs anything. He's jealous because he sees you worshiping the gods of this world. And he knows that he has gone to prepare a place for you. That where he is, you may be also. So he knows the thoughts he has for you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. He knows the healing and the wholeness and the joy and the hope and the faith and the love and the power and the goodness and the grace and the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the glory. Yes, he is a jealous God. The Bible even says his name is jealousy. His name is jealousy. Look at his name again, O oh people of the name. Look at his name again. His name is I am. It's a jealous name. He doesn't share anything else with any other God or any other idol. He says, they're mine. I love them. I created them. They're my children. I am. I am the bread. I am the water. I am the shepherd. I am the light. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I am. I'm going to preach this highest glory until somebody believes it. I'm going to preach this highest glory until somebody gets a hold of it. Hallelujah. Because here's what happens when you get into this highest glory. Here's the beautiful thing about it. He didn't have to do it, but he did. And what, what is it exactly that he did? I'll tell you what he did. When he died as the innocent lamb, he broke the sin curse that Adam had created. Now there's a way. Now there's a way of escape. And I'm going to tell you what the way is. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call now I'm able to enter into him and he became like me ladies and gentlemen he became like me so I could become like him Don't you know it was supposed to be me on that cross? And him in heaven? 
but it's him on that cross, and you're going to see me in heaven. Why would you go to hell when you can go to heaven? Why would you lay dead in your trespasses and sins when you can rise to walk with him in the newness of life? Glory, glory. Glory. That's why the elders will just say that word with no adjective, no no explanation. They'll just say glory. Uh, they'll just be walking along one day and they say glory, 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 glory. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Hallelujah. And the seraphims, they used their wings, two of them to fly, two of them to cover the face, two of them to cover the feet. They flew around his presence, but his train filled the temple. Hallelujah. And smoke filled the temple. One seraphim lowered the wing long enough to look at the other like he couldn't take it anymore. Like I can't, I can't hold it back. You know he was covering his eyes because nobody can look upon the holiness of God. The seraphims cannot even look upon the holiness of God. They've got their eyes covered. But he just, he just, he just looks over at one angel, one seraphim, and says, holy. I'm going to tell you, you can try to shut it up, but you can't shut it up. He's too good to ever shut up that praise. That's why in the underground church, They tried to be quiet so they wouldn't go to jail. They tried to be quiet so they wouldn't be killed on the spot. They shoved socks in their mouth so that they could praise him without being heard because they just couldn't stop praising his name. They're trying to be quiet, but he's been too good to me. He brought me out of darkness and set my feet upon a rock to stay. He gave me a song that nobody else can sing. i got to tell somebody he's holy, he's holy, he's holy. Hey, did you hear me up there? He's holy. Hey, somebody, he's holy. He's a holy God. He's a good God. The whole earth is full, is full. The whole earth is full of his glory. Hear the birds sing glory. Hallelujah. When you see the sun break over those that darkness of the morning, glory. Hallelujah. When you see the beautiful stars at night, glory. When you feel the wind hit your face, glory. When you see the grass grow and the flower bud, glory. But there's no higher glory. The highest glory is when God used all of his power. To become a man. He used all of his great omnipotence to lay himself down. Why would we ever use what little itsy bitsy tiny fraction of power we have to do anything but good? When God, who had power over all things, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It is the highest glory. And when we step into that highest glory, here's what happens. On earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. Goodwill. That's not just, listen, that's not just a thrift store. Goodwill. Do you know how unyielding and how unbending the will is? But when you step into that highest glory, goodwill. (laughs) Not my will, but thy will be done. Why why are you surrendered to the will of God? Because I'm in this glory. And it's the it's got me higher than I could ever go. It's it's the highest glory I've ever seen. It's I, I'm above, I'm above the fray now. I'm above the stuff that used to hold me down. I'm I'm above the devil. I'm above that serpent that used to deceive me with chemicals and deceive me with a good time and a good feel. No, this is the highest glory you can ever experience. And on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. This is where it's at. It's in the highest glory 
of God. When God became a man, manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. The glory of the Lord. Somebody lift your hands and just praise him because of his worthiness to be praised. I'm going to tell you why we praise him, okay? I'm going to tell you why we praise him. We praise him because he's worthy. Musicians can come. We praise him because he's worthy to be praised. And and I'm going to tell you what the scripture connects his worthiness to. The scripture connects his worthiness to his role as the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Woo! Hallelujah. I know he's a king, but worthy is the lamb. I know he's the great omnipotent God, but worthy is the lamb. We don't just praise him because he's powerful. We praise him because of what he used that power to do. He's worthy of your praise. You're living beneath the privilege of God if you wallow in despair. God has poured his glory upon you. Let the peace of God come upon you. Hallelujah. Let your will become good toward men. Somebody lift your hands and begin to declare his goodness in this house. I want everybody who's experienced his goodness, I want you to begin to praise him for his goodness. Hey, hey, I want everybody that woke up this morning, if you could just give God some praise right now. Come on, I need everybody that woke up this morning, I need you to praise him right now. Don't drift from understanding how good of a God he is. Don't drift from his highest glory. Here's the next group of people I want to praise him. Here's the next group. I want everybody who's ever committed a sin and here you stand in the presence of God welcomed and loved by him I wonder is there anybody here that can fit that description if I had 10,000 tongues I could not tell when we've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun You know what I have decided? I have decided to spend the rest of my days praising his name. I wonder if there's anybody here who could make their way to the front or you can stand where you are, but if you need God to do something in your life, I wonder if you could commit with me, God, I'm going to spend the rest of my days giving you praise you are worthy of the praise come on the highest glory of God is in this house the highest glory of God is in this house the highest glory of God is in this house what kind of a God would have all that power and use it to save me.
Come on, that's it. That's it. Go ahead and cry out. I can't hold it back anymore. I can't hold it back anymore. He's a good God. To him who sits on you. Heaven's mercy Praise